welcome in. This is episode three of the Round Pen. I'm back with Pastor Nathan Duncan, our lead pastor here at our church. And uh, we got something going on this weekend. Yes, sir. Uh, yes, sir. 14 year anniversary of Thousand Hills Cowboy Church. Uh, this is the podcast for September the 14th, I believe. Um, you'll be able to watch this that day. And the 18th is our 14 year anniversary. So what was the vision 14 years ago? I guess it's probably longer than that, uh, for our church. Yeah. So it probably started, I would say 15 plus years ago, we were, rodeoing with lots of different folks that just weren't in church. And the question would always come up, you know, you know, what is it that you do? And, and I would talk about being an associate pastor and a youth minister at our church. And the, the question would always come up, you know, do you go to church somewhere? Um, and they would, most of the time people would just say, no, we don't go to church. You know, we don't have uh, a three piece suit. We don't have, you know, Sunday clothes or whatever. And I would always say, you know, most churches, unless they're just some, you know, backwoods church that I don't know super about, old school, super old school, even require a man to wear really a suit and tie. I mean, most of the time you see in, in even small churches, rural churches, you know, men just wearing blue jeans, maybe a button up shirt, but, but never a suit and tie, you know, that hasn't been around in lots and lots of years, but still just the stigma uh, of that. And so... I began to talk with them about what about a church where, you know, you could just come on to church like you are, you know, it didn't matter. I mean, even if you were feeding cows or, or tending to the horses or whatever, you could just get up as soon as you got that done and, and come on to church. People said, you know, I really like that idea. And so I was on church, I was on the staff at First Baptist and Hohenwald. And I remember one Sunday night, someone came to talk about the need for new churches in the state of Tennessee. And there wasn't a whole lot of people there. I was there because I was on staff, had to be there. I probably wouldn't have went myself and stayed home that night uh, with uh, with Canaan and, and Isaac. They were little bitty at the time. And I went and begrudgingly went to church and there probably wasn't enough to even have a good fight there. There may have been 15, 20 people uh, in the whole church that showed up that night, but the speaker got up and, and I was just really encouraged and, and also inspired, uh, fired up, if you will, what he was talking about, the need for new church plants. And he basically said, as long as there are people at Walmart during church service on Sunday morning, there's a need for a church somewhere. And so immediately after it was over with, I was really excited, wanted to talk to him. I said, what do you think about a cowboy church? And he said, I love the idea. And so we began to talk, began to meet, began to pray about the possibility of, of starting a cowboy church. And I would say that was somewhere late 2006, somewhere in that neck of the woods, uh, as we began to, 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 to pray. And, and he was very instrumental in helping us get started because I really didn't know a whole lot about planning a church, didn't know anything at all about cowboy churches. I'd heard that there were some cowboy churches over in, in Texas, just a, a handful at the time. Uh, there were a few up in North Carolina, uh, but I really had no clue what direction and what to do. And so we just really began to pray and that's kind of how that birthed you know thousand hills cowboy church was 
pretty much that single, well, the multiple events leading up to that, that single event at church. And it started, uh, 2000, September, 2008, 2008. Right. Yeah. And started there in the stock barn in Lawrenceburg. Right. Uh, what were those early days like? Uh, well, one thing was for sure, um, we started at the Lawrence County Stockyards. Uh, it was a dated barn. It, it was pretty old, but it actually met our needs perfectly. But it's probably the worst place in the world to start a brand new church. And most of the church planning experts uh, at the time that came down and, and looked at the facility, they kind of shook their head and they, they even said, we don't know whether or not this will work or not. It was hard to get in. It was kind of hard to get out. The, the seats were just basically um, stadium style, style wooden um, bleachers is, mm -hmm. is basically what it was. And so it, it was it was very difficult to to keep clean, obviously, because you're running cattle through there every single week. So there's manure up the walls and manure in the floors. And I mean, tobacco spit, the tobacco floors. spit in the floor <laughs> for somebody that wanted to bless us every single week. Um, so it wasn't the ideal place. It, it was cold in the winter, hot in the summer, even though it both, it had air conditioning and heat, it was an older building, but it was absolutely perfect. And really the perfect atmosphere for people that, uh, we, you know, we, we came up with uh, no need to dress fancy, just wear what you got. That's how we, we first advertised that we were starting. Uh, cause it basically, we had these little handout cards, small, we still produce some of them today, but we had these big postcards and it had a two pair of britches on them, had a pair of my Wrangler blue jeans and Ann's Levi blue jeans. I laid on our bed. I took a picture of it. And then I put just the simple phrase church clothes with a period at the end of it. And that was the front of it and the back just had the invitation where we were located or whatever. And people really got, Hey, if there is a church that meets at a nasty sale barn, then I can probably go to it. And you know, the rest is really history. It was, it was, it was crazy. You know, uh, we started coming in 2013, but talking back in some of those early days, it, this church is, you still wound up with more over what 50, 60 people to start with is pretty good core group of people there. Yeah. We, we probably had a core somewhere in that 60 to 70 range the, the first Sunday, I think we had about 120 something. I, I don't remember exactly, which completely packed out the sale barn. And we averaged in attendance somewhere in that hundred range, but just the seating, it just, it, it really didn't lend itself to much growth. So we pretty much were sitting at our 80 percentile, um, pretty much right off the bat. And, and for the first three and a half years, it, it from, yeah, right off the bat took, took that 80%, which is, if you ever hear somebody talk about a church that's uh, got a seating for a thousand, uh, theoretically, they're only going to fit 800 in that building. Uh, your, your church will very rarely grow outside of that 80%, and it may jump over it for a little bit, but it's going to kind of settle around that 80% capacity Yeah, from what we've seen here yeah because people i mean we've played with it the last 14 years um even with with setting up chairs even when we first moved into this fir very first part uh in 2012 we we only set up the first sunday like 200 chairs 
And then we just kind of mess with it and we could easily see that we would hit our 80% capacity. We could add some more chairs and it would add more people on average over the course of a few months, just fooling with the chair setup. But yeah, that's true of anything. If you've got a, if you've got a hundred chairs set up, you'll have 80 people sitting comfortably because everybody just doesn't want to be on top of each other. Mm -hmm. And so that, that, that 80% rule is, uh, it's been scientifically, I guess, proven here just with us messing with it. Cause I've always been uh, a, a little bit mesmerized that, that that's actually something I didn't believe it until we've tried it over the last, and, and we've seen it here, even with mm -hmm. the expansion, you know, we sit at, you know, over 80% every single Sunday with the chairs that we have here now. And, you know, aside from starting a, a another worship gathering time, January 8th, Thousand Hill South. Yeah. So that's St. Joe, Tennessee. That's right. That's that's <laughs> why the reason for January the eighth, uh, down at uh, the Thousand Hills South for, you know, our additional campus, one church, two campuses. And so um that's that's the reason to help maybe try to alleviate some of the pressure for those that are traveling since we've become such a regional church that we're hoping that maybe some of our you know southern brothers and sisters will 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 try to attend there instead of you know here and and maybe we can grow a little bit with with being able to put off building another building another, yeah. uh for another season maybe so yeah. um so in that that early the early days of the church, it was pretty much uh, a core group that you brought in from First Baptist Hole and Wall, mm -hmm. uh, and some of them are still here. They are, uh, but you and Ann had a lot of duties in that first church, a oh, lot yeah. of responsibilities. If I'm not mistaken, I think Ann, you and Ann, printed the bulletins or oh, typed yeah. up the bulletins, and yeah, oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, what really you do, I mean, when you're, when you're the lead pastor and, and you're trying to develop leaders and, and even though I had a really great core team out of, you know, Richard and Kathy Tate came over, uh, Richard did a lot of the administration, um, administrative stuff like what Bill does here now. Um, but, but he kind of took care of, you know, making sure insurances were done and, and all the, 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 the I's were dotted and the T's were crossed type stuff, things that, that I really don't want to spend my time on, uh, you know, Kathy really handled a lot of the money and the deposits and all those types of things, even though there was very little that came in back in those days, um, you know, to, to sustain the ministry. And then, you know, I had uh, Janice and Tim Hennington came over and, you know, they were instrumental in, in, in childcare and, in Bible studies and all those things. Andy, uh, Hennington came over and, and, and helped with the band, EJ DeNicholas, Brianne Hennington, which ended up marrying, uh, EJ. They, they were the instrumental mental team that came over and of course and you know always just being right there by my side and involved in every single thing we did but yeah ann and i we, we we printed the bulletins i i set the powerpoint up i set the computer up i helped set the sound up you know uh we we showed up at the cell barn every single saturday night before church this core team for the first year we didn't really have any help uh and we got everything ready i mean we moved sand that was in the cell ring off to the side set the you know the pulpit up set the screen up set the Everything up that we had to set up, it was all up to us. I mean, we did every single thing. You know, my cell phone number was the church's number. And so when people needed stuff, they they called us and 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 yeah, when you when you start out like that and and you're the the senior pastor or the lead pastor, there's really nobody else to count on. It it's you. You know, obviously that's changed now, but our mm -hmm. church has has grown obviously exponentially bigger. 
And so there's other people that handle bulletins and, and getting sound set up. I wouldn't even know what I was doing around here now, trying to set sound up and PowerPoint. I don't even know what it is we even use anymore, but um, yeah, that's, that's what you do. And so it, it was good. It was good fawn time, you know, a, a fawn time in, in my mind, a, a really special time. I, I don't think that we could, you know, um, recreate, those moments and i know a lot of people miss those moments we've we've got a few pictures uh right up here in the in the foyer of our current building now three pictures you know from that time period for folks to look at and just remind us where we all came from uh but yeah man it was it was really a special time and i mean all my kids were little as funny as it is, you know, Eli is uh, 15 now. And I mean, he had just been born right before the church plant. Mm -hmm. you know, he was born in May before the September uh, church church plant. Noah wasn't even <laughs> on earth yet, nor was Marley Ray. So it, it's crazy that it was, it, it's been that long ago, but they were so little. And, you know, Ann has been there through um, a lots of craziness with Cowboy Church because we do minister to the craziest people on earth. Um, and so crap, we're one of them to oh, be yeah. honest with yeah. us, but you know, it, it's, it's been a, it's been a blessing, man. It's been a great ride. And, you know, over, I've, again, we've, in the time that we have been here, my family has been here, we've seen some hurdles that were jumped, but do, do any of those hurdles just kind of jump off the page at you as far as things that you remember hurdles that y'all had to jump over? I guess the pepper plant go heading to the pepper plant would be. Yeah. So, you know, there was, um, there was a little bit of an issue, um, and probably one of the biggest hurdles and the craziest things that, that I ever made a decision on like, like that. I don't, I, I like to really think about my decisions, uh, especially when it comes to the Lord's church. I, I really like to contemplate, to pray, to, to feel good about the decisions that we're making. But, in year three and a half, we were at the sale barn getting along good, but we had someone that was employed at the sale barn at the time that just really had took major issue with us being there. And so with that, uh, he and I one Sunday morning got into an altercation. Yes, this pastor is uh, 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 not perfect. I admit that. I think everybody that knows me knows that I don't try to act like I'm perfect, but he and I got into a, a verbal altercation before I was about to preach. Uh, after the verbal altercation was over with, I was decided I was done being at the sale barn. It's, it was a blessing. And I always appreciated the, you know, Allie Bird and, 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 and that family for allowing us to start up there. What a blessing she was. She's gone on to be with the Lord now, but he and I didn't see eye to eye. And so I walked in, I told, I told Bill, I said, reckon we can meet in your dad's shop, which was called the pepper plant out there on Buffalo road at rent. Right. And he said, he said, yeah, I guess. And he kind of looked at me real strange. Like what, what are you talking about? You know, he's very confused. And I said, we're moving. And he said, do what? He said, when do you want to move? And I said, uh, next Sunday, I'm going to make the announcement right now. Are you good with that? And he said, yeah, I guess. And then we did. We picked up and moved an entire church. Like I said, running between 80 and 100 people at that point. We moved them over to Buffalo Road and we had somebody waiting there the next Sunday with a sign and put a sign on the door that we had moved. And we literally picked up the church location with no notice whatsoever. And of course it worked. We were building out here 
on uh, Brewer Road at the time, uh, right in the middle of construction. And we knew we were going to be in, you know, in six months. So we went and met at the the pepper plant out there beside Rent Right for six months. And so that was kind of crazy. Uh, another thing, another big obstacle to come was just probably getting respect in the community from other churches. Uh, now I think we have it. They know that we're a legit ministry. When we first started out, you know, it was kind of crazy. People would say, well, you can't go to that church unless you own a cowboy hat or yeah. uh, you, you got to wear boots to be able to show up. And, you know, if you don't, then they kick you out. Just a bunch of crazy you know, things that, that really had nothing to do with our ministry. We've always been a church for the unchurched and, and really just wanted to reach people with the message of the gospel and, and the cowboy hats. I mean, there's people that show up here in shorts and flip-flops on Sunday morning and never even been around a cow. But that was probably some of the biggest obstacle and probably one of the craziest things we, we did really to try to overcome those obstacles. So I think, uh, since we've been here, I think one of the biggest things is is going back to you got a lot of people that are scared of not scared, but have uh, have reservations towards uh, moving forward, whatever that looks like. Thousand Hills South or sure. a church building expansion or, or whatever that is, because we do as humans get comfortable where we're at. And, and we get comfortable with the people that we're around. And anytime something like that changes or it just makes us uncomfortable and, and trying to navigate through some of that stuff has been, uh, I guess, one of the things that I had noticed since I've, since we've been here. It does. And, and I mean, the truth is, is, is that, you know, obviously the Lord has a plan for this church body. And I, I've always been one not to grow just for growth's sake, but the, the really the larger you grow, the more influence that you have. And so I think we've been very intentional in in slow growth, but yet growth that you know we're making disciples, that we're about the business of the Lord to know Christ and to make him known. That's always been something that we've always kept before our people and said as as part of our, you know, vision and mission of what it is that we're gonna do. And so with that comes some growing pains from just what growth looks like. And this thing took off and has done a whole lot more than what I ever thought, even though I had the big church mentality going into it. I still haven't tried to limit it or hold back from what, you know, what the Lord uh, would want it to look like and want it to be. And so, you know, everything we've really done has 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 been uh, intentionally unintentional. Does that, if that make sense? I, I don't know if it does. It doesn't make sense really to me. It's just kind of happened. It's been organic and, you know, we've we've stayed. We've gotten big but stayed small through our community groups mm -hmm. and small group fellowships is, is what we've tried to do, you know, keeping those groups down to, you know, no more than 12 or 15 meeting in homes on a weekly basis for, for there to be connections beyond Sunday morning. And so, but, but yeah, it's different. The people that have been around since the cell barn days can look around and go, man, this thing doesn't look like anything <laughs> like what it used to. But to me, that's also good uh, because it's really expanded our reach. And instead of just being a small church in Lawrence County, Tennessee, we've become really regional. You know, people travel from two and three counties over uh, to be a part of this church. And so it, it to me, it's been really, really good. But it comes with a lot of headaches. Mm -hmm. But God has raised up leaders organically in this church 
uh, to fill in the gaps, if you will. And we're full steam ahead. Full steam ahead. Yeah. And we talked about it a little bit, but over the last 14 years, how has your ministry changed as far as, you know, I, I know me and you have talked before about how kind of your sermons have changed right. over 14 years. But, you know, going from uh, you doing everything to kind of where, where are you at now? Yeah. So, you know, a, a pastor can only pastor about 100 people. He, he that's all he really has time for um and and really that's about as big of his reach as far as one-on-one pastoral ministry i don't mean preaching on sunday morning i'm talking about being involved in the lives you know of those people and so as as the lord has expanded us he's, he's brought beside us you know other elders that help in the pastoring in the overseeing of the flock and, and so that's probably one thing that's changed. You know, it, it went from in the cell barn days, everybody had my cell phone number to now not everybody has my cell phone mm-hmm. number um, because we have other pastors, other elders that help um, pastor those areas in our church. And so probably one of the, the another thing that's changed is instead of having my hands and everything, now there's multiple hands in everything to where I can focus my ministry specifically on preaching, teaching the word, catch, casting vision for our church, but then also mentoring, discipling, uh, encouraging, and pastoring our leadership. That's really where my ministry has shifted to where, you know, now I mainly oversee and, and, and pastor our leadership, our, our staff, our elders, our lay pastors, our team leaders it is, is my hundred people yeah. by far is who I'm really investing in trying to specifically invest in. And then I'd also say some of our older members, folks that were with us in the cell barn days, and, and have been with us, you know, day number one, those are still, I would say, kind of in my sphere of influence or circle of influence, whatever you'd say, um, much more than somebody that now comes and, and is, becomes part of this church here recently. You know, most of the time they're being oversaw, uh, overseen rather by um, another elder, another pastor in our church. So that's probably the biggest differences. Especially those that get tied into a community group or ministry teams, you know, they, they have direct line of, of help or, or, uh, mentoring discipleship through those lay pastors and, and elders, uh, like you were talking about. And we're, we're very careful and cautious of who we pick and choose to, to lead our community groups and, and Bible studies. And you bet that's what allows us to keep our church small. Uh, like you said earlier, uh, even though it's it's growing on Sunday mornings, we're still trying to keep, you know, twelve to fifteen in homes. You bet on, on Wednesday nights. So, kind of switching back to what is this Sunday going to look like as far as our our fourteen year anniversary? Okay, so you know, obviously fourteen doesn't seem like a very important number. It's not as big as that ten year anniversary it was, where we had the crazy bull riding and all that stuff here, and it's not quite fifteen years, which. I'm assuming next year we're going to do something that's really crazy and big. Uh, so 14 is kind of a, a, a funny year and an awkward year. We are we are in the teenage years of our church, full blown now. Uh, so we're going to celebrate like we always do, man. We're going to talk about the things that God has done. Uh, we're going to look 
back to the past, but we're going to concentrate on the future. And so we're going to be talking about a lot about a Thousand Hills South. Adam Cross is going to be sharing about what that's going to look like as the campus pastor over there. Uh, we're also going to hear some testimonies about what God has done in folks' lives over the last few years and, and really make much of the Lord Jesus. I think we're going to do something different we've never done before. Instead of asking our chuck wagon team and our hospitality teams to fix everybody some food and let's gorge ourselves on that, we've come up with this great idea. In fact, I think it came out of your mouth. Uh, we're just going to tailgate. We're going to hang out at the arena. Uh, people are going to bring their own food. We're going to tailgate at the arena and we're going to have a play day. And I don't know what all kinds of crazy games they've got planned, but we're just going to enjoy fellowship and the company uh, of those that are that are part of Thousand Hills Cowboy Church and just enjoy an afternoon together, eating some sandwiches and whatever everybody else brings and play on our horses and just really just enjoy a beautiful day and celebrate all that, that God has done here in the last 14 years. We've seen lots of amazing things, lots of families transformed, and, and I just want to spend that day celebrating that. Fellowshipping together. Mm -hmm. So, last question going forward what what is uh what is your vision going forward for the church? Well, you know, Boomer, I, I I think that that it changes from time to time. You know, right now I'm so kind of keyed in on what we're doing down here at St. Joe uh, with this newly acquired property and barn that we're about to work on. You know, right now I see us just growing that to full capacity, right. giving some relief here uh, and, and really just kind of seeing what that looks like moving forward, how we can grow. Because I, I've never measured growth about really how many butts are in seats because butts and seats are, are kind of an aggravating deal. Because if you're just taking up space and you're not going out and changing the world, one person at a time, I, I just don't see the point of it. You know, I'm, I'm not big on people attending just to have a checkoff deal. I want people to be inspired, equipped, encouraged to go out and, and, and preach the gospel themselves. So, so I really see us more concentrating down here, getting, getting Thousand Hills South in shape and, and doing what we want it to do to reach more people in the Southern part of the County, since we're in the Northern part of the County, but then also you know, giving us some extra seats here to reach the lost. And then who knows what the future looks like after that? You know, yeah. I don't know if it's another building expansion, even though I know that seems like it's been a curse word around me for uh, the last uh, couple of years um, from our leadership back to me. But but really, who knows, man? I will continue to pray and, and see what the Lord has for us. You know, I'm really excited um, uh, about the ministry that, that, that you all are, are working on right now, uh, for, um, for, for unexpected, unplanned pregnancies. Uh, I see us continuing to grow our, um, discipleship ministries continue to invest in, in young parents and, and young couples. That's something even Ann, Ann and I this morning during our coffee time talked about just a great need to continue to invest into parents and, and young married couples. And so I just see us continue to do the work that the Lord has set out for us and us continue to reach uh, people with the gospel and encourage the church to do more than just be a pew sitter. We don't need any more of those in the United States. We need people to do what they say they believe in. So save to serve. Save to serve, man. Save to serve. 
Well, thank you for being with us, and thank y'all for sticking around and and listening through. We we uh we went almost thirty minutes today. Wow, but, uh, it doesn't seem like it. it doesn't feel doesn't like seem it. like it. No, uh, I'm I'm really growing to enjoy these times of, of getting to sit down and have conversations, and and uh the the feedback that we're getting so far seems positive. Y'all keep on giving us feedback, and we'll keep on doing these as long as people are listening. Absolutely, absolutely. And we hope to provide good content. We hope when you walk away. Uh, after listening to this, that you felt like that you actually heard something that may <laughs> encourage and equip you. Uh, I've always said in preaching, hey, if it doesn't cause you to change or make you mad, we're not doing a good job. So. Yeah. And that's, uh, we're hoping to get into more of that and look at more of that. <laughs> right. uh, me and Tyler uh, looking at doing the next one and, and coming up with some ideas there. But uh, appreciate you being on with us and appreciate everybody uh, sticking around listening. Y'all have a good one. See you.